looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You drive me wild. <laughs> what up, Crazy Train Radio? You look like hell. And I can look the same. What's the photo for? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Truth, 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 I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. I'm one crazy nerf Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Hey guys, this is Bo Hightower. I'm jumping on the on the horn here with Crazy Train Radio. Make sure to check out the interview.
Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, very excited about this conversation here because... Obviously, we talk to people who are normally on screen, on the field, on the ice, in the ring, you know, the active competitors per se, but it takes a certain special person or people behind the scenes to help keep people on the ice, on the field, on screen, all that fun stuff. The gentleman we have on now is one of those special people behind the scenes, though you may know him over the past couple of years because of his successful YouTube channel and people's obsession with chiropractic and crack addicts and all that stuff. But he has credentials on credentials and we'll get into that as well. He is a director of sports medicine. He has a master in science, a professor, just certified strength and conditioning specialist, just so much. Dr. Bo Hightower. Doc, how are you doing, sir? Doing well. Yourself? Can't complain. Nobody listens. And so I'll obviously start with this. Where in the world are you? Because I know you're always travel, always working. Never know where you're at. <laughs> I'm in New Mexico. Okay. Right on. So uh, first and foremost, and I'm sure you heard the joke beforehand, with all the credentials on credentials, it's like alphabet soup behind your name. So with all that being said, what is the main focus that you currently are working on, would you say? Um, I mean, really, we, we run a uh, you know, physical medicine clinic. So um, probably my style of practice is more neuropathy. Um, but yeah, I incorporate you know, my entire education into our process. Just trying to keep athletes healthy and, and people doing the things they want to do in life. Right on. And uh, a lot of our fan base would know you've worked with some very well-known professional wrestlers, MMA athletes, and I've seen you work on boxers and dancers and just a wide range of folks who use their bodies for their professional endeavors. With your background and trying to help them as a chiropractor and strength and conditioning and just everything that you do working with the body of a whole as a whole what would you say out of all those different types of folks usually do the most damage to their body yeah i had far and away wrestlers is that because of the consistency of how much they're working night in night out or i think it's all of the above i think it's it's how many you know appearances a year uh, the, the type of impacts they take when they take a bump, you know, landing on their spine over and over again, the sheer physics of how large most of the athletes are, you know, you're, you're three, 400, 500 pounds. I mean, they're basically bodybuilders flying through the air, um, you know, landing on their knees, landing on their shoulders. And obviously, you know, most of the large organizations over the, the history of the sport haven't been super forgiving in time off and, you know, taking care of healthcare insurance and things like that. So, I think a lot of them end up going out, you know, to the ring when they're more hurt than other sports. And because, you know, because it's a work, they figure they can work around some injuries where say it's a UFC fighter. If they're really hurt, they're going to go get knocked out. Um, 
So the, the you know the downside of that is they're just making some of those injuries worse and worse and worse. Well, speaking of that, and there's a wide variety of things that we or athletes do that you work with. What would you say? And I, I was thinking about this this morning, just tightening up some notes and stuff. And obviously, I've seen the video with DDP. And he was talking, you guys were talking about a particular injury he had with his bicep. And it, go figure, it was from moving a TV and such. It wasn't in the ring. So right. obviously, you know, you help help them get some relief there and all that stuff with your manipulation and such. But what would you say is probably the worst injury you've come across? Anybody, you know, obviously you don't have to specifically state hip and all that fun stuff, but what would you say the strangest injury you came across has been? I mean, I think the 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 ones that make you queasy the most are, are UFC fighters that get, you know, tip fib fractures in the gym or, or uh, you know, green stick fractures on their forearms. You know, because I'm in an MMA gym, I work in Jackson Wink. We'll see those first lines. You'll see somebody with a completely broken lower leg, um, sort of like, you know, Sid Vicious when he jumped off the top rope. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they, we got to get him to the hospital, obviously. And then just from like other other people, you know, some of the uglier ones have been people, you know, diving into swimming pools and breaking their neck and not knowing it, not realizing how serious, you know, that injury is. And they come into the office and they're like, hey, can you adjust me? And, you know, luckily we don't do that. Obviously, we, you know, we get them to ER. But those are some uh, like that's some the most serious is when you have neck damage, like broken neck bones, kind of like Big E. Um, luckily, no neurological damage doesn't look like, um, you know. But yeah, the queasy ones are a lot of the fighters where they get, you know, fractured rib cartilage or, you know, broken bone. Well, that's interesting. You bring that up, Big A, the injury he got a couple of weeks ago. Again, I just play a doctor on TV. Who knows? But it was like, what was it? C1 and C6 or like the top and the bottom. Yeah. And when I'm thinking of a broken bone, and obviously I know the neck is different, that your neck and spine is different than, say, I break a forearm or I broke a finger, or, you know, I mean, just a one major bone. There's that structure of the neck and the spine is so different compared to anything else in your body. So from what is out there with Biggie, what exactly is broken? Cause I see just like a, whether what's it a compound fracture where it's just one clean break or what exactly is that, that he suffered? That's a good question. I don't, I don't a hundred percent know for sure. I don't think we've seen the MRI reports. We've just heard his first sound account, uh, uh, firsthand accounts. And obviously, you know, the, the structure of, you know, their organization and things, you're not always going to know exactly what's going on, you know, what, what's a work, what isn't, how much they're willing to disclose, how much it's a PR position. Um, but typically with those impacts, you know, you, you, there's one type of fracture that you'll see, which is a compression fracture which the vertebral body, which is the center part, it's the part that holds the weight from the disc to the bone. Um, you'll see a smashing down of the front of the bones there. So like I have a bunch of those in my middle spine. So that's technically a fracture, but it's not a fracture. You know, think of like a growth point fracture. It's not a fracture like we think of like a, a, a forearm being broken. So it is a fracture, um, but those aren't super serious for the most part. And they're, you know, unless there's a free fragment there, you're not necessarily looking at neurological compromise. The difference is, is the spinal cord runs right down the middle. So you have posterior and anterior elements. When you break one of those pieces, like the the pars is what it's called, the connecting part. Now you have two different pieces that are floating around 
And if one of those pieces floats forward or back, it can run into the spinal cord, which at C1 can, you know, theoretically kill you, um, definitely can make you a quad. And, you know, down at C6 can definitely make you a quad as well because, you know, the spinal cord ends at T1. So any fractures or damage you have above, you know, T1 basically, or excuse me, L1, um, not T1, L1, uh, in your spine can, can lead to serious neurological damage. Now, anything below L1 in your lumbar spine, you're not looking at that kind of paralysis. Um, so you can see some pretty nasty breaks in people's lower backs, and you won't necessarily have the same amount of consequences. So with that being said, and with the uh, paraplegics and all that kind of stuff that you hinted at there, made me think of Tyson Kidd. Well, if we're going to go from the wrestling aspect, where his right. injury was apparently so high on the neck that he was lucky that he wasn't you know, completely paralyzed and or killed. Right. But do you notice most people come back from those type of injuries are the same as they were pre, or does it depend on their, uh, I don't know, is it their athleticism or is it their conditioning? How do you see recovery time with major injuries like this though? You know, so it depends on exactly what we have going on. So, you know, the, we, we have psychosomatic manifestations too. So, when somebody has a compression fracture and they've been told they have a broken back or a broken neck, um, the way they will start to take that onto their identity uh, may affect, you know, the way they wrestle, the way they compete in the future, because they may feel like they had a brush with fate and they got away from it. Um, even though a, the odds of that happening again are, are so minuscule, it doesn't happen very often, obviously. And B, the type of injury doesn't predispose them to neurological damage. So really it has a lot to do with, you know, how surgeons talk to them, um, you know, the, the, the mental makeup of the individual, um, you'll hear this a lot with like football players, you know, they'll play their entire high school college career and then their neck will hurt a little bit. They'll go get an MRI and they'll find out they have some congenital spinal stenosis. And basically a lot of times the surgeon will say, Hey, you were one hit away from being paralyzed, which, you know, doesn't really make sense because they've been getting hit over and over and over again at a high level for a really long time. But, you know, we're all, you know, we all have our own fears and our own, you know, relative risk benefit that we look at things. And a lot of people will take that and be like, oh, my gosh. And they'll, they'll make that injury a part of their like who they are. Um, so it just sort of depends. You know, you get somebody like you know, like a DDP who doesn't want to let his structure define who he is. And he's going to still go out and wrestle. You know, uh, you know there, there's a lot of guys like that. There's a lot of guys once they have a bad injury, it just gets into their head. You know, they'll lose some of their dynamism. Um, you know, and they wrestle scared or they, you know, or they'll fight scared, um, which, which is totally reasonable as a human, right? You, you want mm -hmm. to throw a kick like Anderson Silva and break your leg. And it's such a traumatic experience. It would take a very, very, very different psychological person to go out there and keep throwing that kick again. Um, yeah, it's definitely a uh, different, and I want to acknowledge, cause I don't want to keep you all day because obviously you keep a busy schedule and stuff, but I got a couple more questions. Uh, but with that, what you were saying, there's your mental makeup and stuff. You were an athlete yourself. So did you have any major injuries on the football field or anything else like that? That kind of not only changed your mentality, but maybe led you to go the sports medicine route where you're at now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. In eighth grade, I was, I was, uh, I was running reverse and a guy grabbed my leg and I'm dragging him and I basically got folded over in half and had a tip bib fracture and uh, broke my kneecap growth plate fracture. So I was in a cast up to my hip. Um, and you know, that 
I went through a growth spurt while I had that cast on. And that, that imbalance of bone length and, and muscle strength, um, it led me to start having a lot of lower back and, and pelvis issues, which is where, you know, my high school chiropractor really helped me a lot and allowed me to keep competing. Um, so I was lucky, I was blessed enough to play, you know, all through high school and play some college too. And, um, you know, you know, most of my injuries were training actually, not actually, you know, in, in competition. I mean, I dislocate some fingers, you know, AC joint separation, but I was lucky and I never had like ACL or, you know, any of those kind of injuries, but I definitely tore a lot of muscles in training. So tore both hamstrings, tore my right quad, tore my left groin, tore my right pec, you know all the things that go into the process of trying to be a big, strong athlete um, that maybe genetically your body doesn't want you to do. Um, so yeah, you know, and, and those things then lead to biomechanical imbalances, which then lead, lead to chronic issues, arthritis, you know, cartilage damage. And then I, you know, I work a manual labor job. I'm physically pushing on 15, 20 people a day for the last 15 years. And uh, so if you're not bio, biomechanically correct and you're not taking care of yourself, you know, you'll wear out too. Exactly. It was funny. I was watching a video with you getting worked on by uh, the I'm having a brain fart. He worked it. He's out of Houston that does the ring dinger and such. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Gregory Johnson. Yes. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name. So that was quite interesting to see you getting yourself taken care of, which is like you said, you're doing a manual job. But yeah. speaking of torn muscles, and I'm not sure if you'd be familiar with them after Kane Hodder. It was at Jason and several of Friday films and all. I we made it. I was making a joke with him about uh, he tore his bicep, mm. which and the bruising he had he, when he texts me a picture, he goes, check this out from here to here. It was yeah. like, holy shit, just like unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it's like and that's one of those weird injuries. You can have surgically repaired or or not. And, you know, it all all depends on everybody's philosophy and what you're doing. And that's a whole nother discussion for another time. And how long you want to be out for. And, you know, all those things play into it. You know, uh, is it going to risk you for a long-term, you know, uh, disability? Um, you know, if you're a UFC fighter and you've got a short timeline to make to a fight or you don't have money, you may go out there and fight on it, you know, because you don't have another choice. Um, so yeah, all those factors, you know, so like a Jackson wink, you know, we'll sit down, Greg Jackson, Mike Winklejohn, myself, um, and we have a, we have an ortho surgeon that works with us and we basically, everybody has their role. And, and this is like, say we were talking about the pandemic, instead of just having a health, a healthcare expert, who's important, you'd also have an economic expert and a psychological expert. And all those people would weigh in, you know, and say, what are the impacts? And so we kind of do that where, you know, Greg and Wink are talking about the technical aspects of it and, you know, how this affects their run to the championship, or if this isn't that important of a fight, you know, and then the surgeon and I are talking about like, Hey, uh, how optimal can their performance be? And then what's the long-term consequence if they get hurt even worse in this fight or, you know, if, say they lose the fight anyway and they still have to have surgery. So we're trying to put all those voices together to get the best decision for the athlete, both financially, long-term health and for their career. And me as an outsider looking in, not being a professional athlete, I'm thinking long-term health would be right. the number one key there. But, but if, if that was your long-term goal you wouldn't be a ufc fighter right exactly i'd be wanting to continue making the most money i can during that short window that any professional athlete has whether i'm fighting professional football wrestling Catch whatever it out. exactly uh few two more questions for you sir and i'm curious to know and i know you've talked about this with like chris van vliet and in other spots 
with the YouTube success, but I was impressed with getting Kit with Holly home. So how tough is she? As far oh, those US, those UFC fighters are a different breed. Oh yeah, that kick hurt. That kick hurt a lot. I couldn't. My knee was buckling for like a good four or five days after that one. <laughs> did you right think on the, right on the muscle, man? Oh, did, did you think you actually tore something, or was it that no, bad? Or no, I mean, were we just sore, no, kind of? One thing for me, having you know been a linebacker for you know fifteen years, I got cut blocked a lot. So you know, just like. Uh, you know, really fight like like wrestlers, you know, their upper chest from taking chops and their lower back from landing hard, like the nerves are kind of numb in those areas. So they can really take a lot of like physical trauma there. Same thing with fighters on their elbows and shins. They, they kind of deaden the nerves and, and the tissue gets harder. For me, it was my thighs from taking helmets there for years. So I know I could take that, you know, uh, but it's not fun. And, and Holly's a big woman. You know, she's probably close to five, nine, you know, probably walks around a buck seventy five with no body fat, you know, so, uh, the, the, the difference, you know, and Michelle Watterson is a good friend of mine, but she fights at one, one fifteen. the difference of power between the two on their kicks was pretty, pretty drastic. I can only imagine, but like I said, they're a different breed and I'm going to combine this final question. Cause I th- think it's interesting. And obviously I know from hearing you speak at other places and like Chris and such, how do you, take in the success as least from a YouTube and Instagram standpoint, but also because you are known now with social media and such, how do you approach getting material for future videos and such? Yeah. I mean, we're just, uh, we're just taking it, you know, one day at a time, um, kind of listening to what, what the fans want, uh, what kind of material they want out there and, you know, just trying to, kind of stay true to our original goal, but also, you know, being willing to, to adapt with the algorithm and, you know, and like, like you kind of noticed one thing that our fans have really been clamoring for, you know, uh, uh, shoot interviews with wrestlers while they're getting body work done. You know, that's been a, a really successful formula for us lately. So we're saying, Hey, let's keep pushing that button until it doesn't work anymore. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool. It's been a cool ride. You know, I've been, I've been blessed to be able to meet a lot of people that I grew up being a huge fan of, you know, Roy Jones, Jr., you know, Evander Holyfield, you know, DDP, Goldberg, Kevin Nash, and then, you know, guys that are more sort of my age too, you know, the Rybacks and, uh, you know, Bobby Lashley and, and, and those folks too. So it's, it's been really cool, man. I, I have to say, you know, for somebody who like me, who's a meathead, who's a jock, who grew up, you know, reading Flex Magazine and watching wrestling, bodybuilding and, and football and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm really blessed and lucky that my career has sort of led me into this avenue. Well, I'm actually thinking of it, and it, this is final question, is, and I don't, Obviously, I'm not a trained like you are, but I would think it would be tougher to work on certain folks, say a Bobby Lashley or the bigger bodybuilders or whatnot because of the mass on them. Would you say that is a uh, true statement because of having to get through to a lot thicker of a body? A hundred percent. So like like, uh, you know, Mark Henry's dropped a bunch of weight, but he was you know, he made me sweat. Still a thick guy. Yeah, he's a big man still. I mean, one of the greatest athletes ever. And then, you know, some of his contemporary, the world's strongest man guys, we, you know, we shot one with Brian Shaw, um, Robert O'Burst, and some of those guys that are, you know, 6, 8, 400, 410 pounds. Yeah, they make me work. And I'm not a small guy, you know, I'm about no. 6 foot, 230, you know. Um, so, you know, they they really dwarf me. And, you know, it makes me, it makes me appreciate the skill behind 
you know, massage therapists in Cairo, particularly females that are, you know, only 130, 140 pounds, like how hard they have to work on somebody my size, much less if they had a 300, 400 pound man. Yeah. Mark Henry's a friend of the show. And it's like, when I, when we see each other in person, it's like, like you said, he's slimmed down and stuff, but it's like, he's still a big man. Like you go, he, Oh, you know, ugh. but a great guy though, huh? Oh, one of the best, you know, he's a fun guy to talk to. He's very personable. He's just, you, you feel better after you leave hanging out with Mark. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But the obvious question is where can people find you on socials and the internet and such? Yeah, just uh, everything's under my name, Bo Hightower. So I appreciate the support of anybody who's been, you know, showing love to the Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. I, I greatly appreciate it. And we appreciate the love of the algorithms, as Dr. Bo had said awesome. there. Dr. Bo, thank you so much. Yes, sir. This brand is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne, and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansoapery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansoapery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you. What's going on, world? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, not in just one, not two, but three different sports. And I am on the crazy train. <laughs>